human resources folks are really used to measuring things on a human capital, if you will, or financial systems terms, and not social systems terms. So we'll look like, hey, Kyle, you're a vice president. You went to this school. This is your compensation. And those things are awesome and important, but it doesn't help us get to the idea of psychological safety or any of these other social dynamics and social concepts. So it really is this new body of knowledge that is adjacent to traditional human capital measures. This is the Rebel HR Podcast, the podcast where we talk to HR innovators about all things people leadership. If you're looking for places to find about new ways to think about the world of work, this is the podcast for you. Please subscribe from your favorite podcast listening platform today and leave us a review. Rebel on, HR Rebels. Welcome back, Rebel HR listeners. Extremely excited for the conversation today. With us, we have Dr. Leanne Pereira, the Senior Director of People and Learning Sciences at MTrain. We have had a number of wonderful conversations, and I'm excited to bring that conversation to all of you today. Welcome to the show, Leanne. Thanks, Kyle. Very excited to be here. Well, I, I I said before we hit record, I'm just looking forward to just nerding out on industrial and organizational psych stuff because I just find this really fascinating. Um, but before we get into that, I want to understand a little bit more about uh, your background. What got you interested in this world of uh, psychology? No, no, that is an interesting question. So I had, I think, my interest in psychology stems from my need to make sense of the world. So just a not without getting too deep into it, um, my background is that I'm Korean and Portuguese. And I was born during the Vietnam War. My parents had a lot, they had this tremendous love affair. My dad was in the military. He was stationed in Korea in the U.S. military station in Korea, fell in love with my mom during the Vietnam War. They had me, so I'm a war baby. But when I got brought back to the States, I was in the thick of all this tremendous racial and social unrest. And I think just from birth, I was kind of like set on this path to make sense of my identity, role, and place in the world. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. (laughs) That's, you know, it, it's fascinating. And I think, um, you know, I, I, I also think about it like trying to figure out how the world works, like why the world works the way that it does and why sometimes it doesn't seem to make sense. <laughs> um, and in, in, in our jobs, Molly and I, sometimes we're just trying to figure out why in the world somebody would do that. <laughs> so um, one of the things that, that, uh, we we wanted to to talk about um, today is is some of the the tools that are out there for us to understand this without being a doctor in psychology. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um. So just to continue to continue the story a little bit, there's I had trouble fitting in. You know, I had trouble fitting in. I was the only Korean kid in a very Portuguese Catholic school. And, you know, there was trouble on the playground. The, the, you know, I wasn't, I was distracted a lot, you know, so I wasn't thriving. And none of this made sense to me 
throughout the course of my life. I was always trying to um, fit in, understand how to relate to others. And I think not until I got to college did all the pieces come together. See, my my family, my dad is, um, we're working class and they were farmers. So nobody was really talking about psychology. That wasn't a thing. You were either a good person or a bad person. And that was it. You know, you either did things well or you didn't. And that was it. And so I was very much in that modality and me- mentality thinking, hmm, I must I didn't necessarily think I was bad, but I was really kind of shy and not really sure what was going on because things weren't going um, along the lines that I, I would hope that they would oftentimes, right? Um, so when I got to college, I began, I got into this women's studies program. It was just interesting to me. And I started to learn about social dynamics and you know, at that time, we were looking at things like the intersection of gender and race. And that really spoke to me. And I started to be able to go back through my history and understand why I might be feeling like <clears throat> the way I did, why I wasn't necessarily being acknowledged the way I wanted to be acknowledged or heard and 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 so on and so forth. And so you know, I realized that there was knowledge and learning out there to help me figure out the world around me. And it wasn't just me. You know, there were other people in the world that that were experiencing that. And so that started my whole um, life's work where I really started to look at, you know, in my undergraduate work, looking at um, women's studies and gender. Then as I went into uh, graduate work, I started to look at how those dynamics happened within organizations. Mm. Um, and I realized that we could help people understand this um, better, um, not just by talking about it, but by creating some metrics and measurement around it. Absolutely. So it's, it's, I think it's a fascinating area of human resources. And it's also an area where many of us are learning as we go, (laughs) you know, and, you know, I think, I think we're all trying to do our best. And and I think many of us are drawn to, you know, some of these principles of psychology within our jobs and human resources. Um, But, but, you know, we throw around these words like psychological safety, emotional intelligence. Those were a couple of things we were talking about before I hit record. Um, without necessarily understanding all of the science behind it, um, honestly. And and quite frankly, there's just a bunch of like, these things just become like buzzwords, right? You know, and they, and they, they tend to lose their meaning. So as, so as you think about some of those, those principles at work, um, what are a couple key concepts that we should be thinking about in human resources as it relates to the work that you focus on? Right. So... Coming back, let's just step and talk about psychological safety for a second. That is an amazing concept made very popular by Amy Edmondson over at Harvard. And basically it's, you know, who can say whom, or who can say what to whom and when, right? It's the idea of can you speak up and say something or, and what we're actually looking at are the very interactions between people on a day to day basis. Um, 
And I think when we say things like we work, throw words out like psychological safety without understanding that, you know, the genesis of all this stuff is, is us. It's our, the very words that we're saying. Um, I think that we lose the whole, um, the value of what that concept brings. And so, you know, what I, what I think the first important thing for folks to realize is that psychological concepts are really about how you and I um, express ourselves on a daily basis. They're extremely personal and um, we have this um, ability to um, change change how we show up um, and also to understand how we've been showing up. I, I think a lot of folks are are in the, I can't see the forest for the trees or like the fish in the water where we don't quite understand that we're, we're in, you know, what's, what we're doing is right in front of us in the very words that we're saying. Now, human resources folks are really used to measuring things on a human capital, if you will, or financial systems terms and not social systems terms, right? So we'll look like, hey, Kyle, you're a vice president. You went to this school. This is your compensation, da, 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 da. And those things are awesome and important, but it doesn't help us get to the idea of psychological safety, right? Or any of these other social dynamics and social concepts. So it really is this new body of knowledge that is adjacent to traditional human capital measures. That's a really interesting concept. I hadn't ever really thought about it that way. But yeah, the like the language that we use in, you know, in, in our organ it's it's dollars and cents. It's yeah. it's expenses, it's, you know, revenue, th those sorts of things. It's it's not yeah, it's not social systems at yeah. all at all. It, it in fact if I started to use that type of terminology with my, you know, CEO, he'd he'd look at me like, "What, what do you have? Screw loose? Like, what are you talking about? Like, this doesn't make any sense." So, I, but I'm, I'm yeah, go on. Right. I'm just saying, but but we, in order to be effective in the system, we we need to be using the appropriate terminology and 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 thought structure. So so, what advice do you have for us as we kind of navigate the 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 kind of fundamental difference. So, so, so there's been this like sea change. And I think in one of our prior conversations, you brought this up. So I, I definitely want to revisit the idea that HR is having a heyday or a renaissance in the way that marketing did. So, mm -hmm. so, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'd be like, can you just refresh what you, you said? Cause yeah. I really loved it. Yeah. Yeah, I did, um, and uh, had the opportunity to join you on a, a LinkedIn live with with M Train, and that's where the you know, the the dialogue came from. So, if any listeners want to check out check it out, it was a it was a ton of fun. Um, the 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 point that I was making is, you know, in human resources, we are we are at a point it a point where our organization, i.e., human resources, we're being asked to step up. And take a broader role within our organizations, you know, things like, you know, psychological safety, emotional intelligence, diversity, equity, and inclusion are now being thrust into the forefront of our organizational leaders' minds. And they're looking to us in human resources to help them uh, work through that. So I think about it not too dissimilar from, from 
what happened in marketing where this thing called the internet came along and now now they got to figure out how how to leverage this and how to grow and and became a much more strategic business partner um than they were prior and i think i i view eight human resources right now in that same type of intersection especially as we look at you know these these social concepts but also the technological uh aspects that are changing within our our jobs right now i mean yeah, ai right like that that is going to completely change our jobs at some point uh in the in the near future we're not exactly sure how yet but you know they're going to look to human resources to figure out how does AI impact our people and, and right. how does that impact our jobs and how does that impact job structure? And, all, you know, that's just one small, tiny example. So that's, that, that was my, my point on that topic. Right. And so, and so way back when, I think when folks were navigating through the new wave of marketing and capacity and commerce that the internet enabled, there was a tremendous learning opportunity and folks took a very discovery-oriented approach, right? I remember working with startups and it was just a ton of fun. This is a little bit more challenging because there's so much social threat going on in the world. And um, but it's very much a whole new domain of knowledge that business folks aren't typically versed in. And what is a mistake, um, and so the very practical point that I want to make here is that leaders shouldn't assume to know this domain of knowledge. And I think that's what happens a lot with psychology because we're all psychological creatures and we're all emotional creatures. And then we make assumptions. Well, I know that because I can think and I can feel. And, I, and that's what I caution against. You know, take a step back in diversity and inclusion. It, it may seem like a very friendly thing to say, hey, we're all the same. We're all created equal. So, um, you know, it's, it's in our constitution. Uh, we're all equal, so we should all have the same values and morals and all of that stuff. But the that becomes very problematic because um, not everybody sees it that way, right? Whose morals are we going to take, really? Um, it's and and so my advice is don't make huge, massive generalizations, and then really own that this is difficult, but it's important. It's it's difficult to understand what others need, but it's important to do so. It's difficult to understand, you know, what's going on psychologically within, you know, this business unit or, you know, morale, but we'd like to do that. And, you know, talk about intent rather than, hey, y'all all get get over it, buck up everybody, we're all the same. <laughs> You you mentioned metrics and, and measurement earlier with regarding you know, the social dynamics, and I'm just sitting here. What what does that look like? Yeah. So we develop a list of questions that we ask folks. It's a survey, but it's a little bit different from a survey because we do a lot of analysis behind it to see whether or not this is um, what we would call a validated instrument. And so basically, we ask a bunch of questions, you know, um, hey, do you feel that folks in your business unit or team are listening to you? Are they asking leading questions or do, um, or, or do they sit back to reflect with you? You know, we, we 
we try we try to ask at the level of social interaction. And when we do that, we gather a bunch of data and then we can present those data under what we call a workplace indicator. So that one would be around curiosity. Are folks exhibiting curiosity? I love that word, curiosity. I think it's so powerful. Okay, so then, you know, you, you get this feedback, you get this data. And a, us in HR, right, usually we're only one, one person or one unit. What do we do with that? How can, how can we in HR drive, not just like the checkbox, sure, we're going to do training, right? But how can we really drive that, that change in our, in our social dynamics within our organization? Yeah, so we all know that, you know, five minutes, an hour of training does nothing. And when you get mm-hmm. survey results, you look at it and you throw it on your desk and five minutes later, you forget. <laughs> right? And but um, what we're saying is we accept all of that. I know that's true. Um, we provide you with a survey. We would recommend a sort of training afterward. Um, and then we w- would recommend to HR groups um, to follow up with strategic interventions like, um, you know, do you have a flex time policy to help people who are, you know, parenting and all of those things? So we're trying to address problems at a systems level, um, a team level, and interpersonal level. And and to tell you the truth, there's just, you know, there's no, there's no way or there's no automation button. Like there's just no automation button. We, we're giving you the tools to do the work, but it's very much a lot of work. There's just no way around that. That's not good news for the single. <laughs> Here's the other thing. It's not the HR person's job per se. I mean, it's like as HR, you could recommend the best tools and you can help draft the policies and you can look at compensation and time off. But every single person in that org, especially every manager, needs to do that job. It's their job to manage the people, right? And mm-hmm. so we provide the tools and the resources and the guidance for them to do it. Measurement is very much a part of that, and so is education. Strategic intervention. I love that concept. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that. That's a very HR branding of that. Of that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. So I, you know, I think it's this is a this is a really interesting um, topic, and it's and you said it yourself. You know, that this is work. This is hard work, right? And a lot of times, you know, you talk about doing the work, quote, you know, doing the work, but so often we don't know where to start, right? And, and so I, you know, I'm curious as as you look at some of the data that you can gather uh, with with this approach, and as you as you think about, um, you know, the 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 limited capacity that some of us have to do uh, this type of work, where where would your where would your advice be yeah. as far as you know, focus should should be at and, and where we should really be, be spending our time and, and energy? You know, I, I, I think it depends on whatever. So if you look at whatever is currently in front of you, I know all managers always have to work with um, conflicts in their teams, right? And, and so I would... I would think that they could take a step back. First of all, I think everybody needs some baseline of training and awareness of 
of these of these topics and issues, especially if you have a diverse team, right? You have men, women on your team. You have Blacks, Asians, whites on your team. You know, take a step back and realize that your assumptions are probably wrong about what's going on. I mean, they're, it's not that they're completely wrong, but they're probably not fully right. And so I think that humility, you hear that again, another word that gets banded around a lot with emotional intelligence is humility. But the humility is that, you know, if you have diversity and conflict on your team, chances are you're not going to have the full information and it's going to take, um, more analysis than you think and, you know, more conversations than you would not necessarily do um, to, to get that situation right. So prepare to put in, you know, prepare to put the time in when you see something coming up. Prepare yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, it, it's funny. The word, the, the word humility is funny to me. Um, and, and, um, it's because when I hear that word, I always think about somebody who shall remain nameless who is like, I am the most humble person you will ever meet. <laughs> um, so yeah, don't be that person. But I, I do think it's powerful to admit you have no idea. Like your context is probably wrong. Like my you know, white guy from the Midwest, my context is probably wrong from somebody who grew up in Brazil. I mean, it's totally right. right for you. And the the hard part, the hard part is that, you know, people think that diversity is gumdrops and butterflies, right? Like, oh, we're going to have a bunch of people together. It's going to be kumbaya. But the minute you have your perspective and then you add in a, a people with different backgrounds, they're going to, they're going to be suspicious of you, first of all, period, just on the base of race or gender or whatever. And that suspicion is going to lead them to critically think about what you do even more. So they're going to be more critical of you. And they're going to actually, and because they're smart and working with you all together, they're going to find problems. So what we're finding is that diversity breeds the willingness for people to, to actually critically review other people's work more and then find problems more, raise problems more. And 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 so what you're doing, are they being more critical? Yes. Is it because they have a different point of view? Well, that's what the, our studies are saying, right? Uh, it's not necessarily personal, but there's not the general tendency towards norming. Like, oh, Kyle and I were buds. We, I could just accept what he says, you know, whatever. It's not that social distance is there. The social distance is real. And that breeds um, more critical thinking and more conflict. And so that's actually the good conflict that people want. The problem is people take it personally. So, you know, there's a, there's a rough, there's an interesting dynamic. I think it's probably one of the most challenging things that I've had to learn in my career. And typically the hard way is how to, how to take that conflict that, that, maybe in the beginning is neutral and could be good or could be bad and try to make it healthy conflict, good conflict without, you know, without getting the ego involved. Right. And, <laughs> and, and that's really, really easy for me to say here on this podcast. Uh, but it's really hard to do in the moment, especially when 
you know, we are emotional, messy beings and we've all got our own baggage and reaction to things that can be challenging to our norm, right? So, so as, as we think about the impact that some of these, these, this data and these principles can have on our workplace, um, how do, how do we handle that? Yeah, no, I that, that challenge. So, I mean, right there, like, like you said, there's something that you get a conflict and right there that the concept of psychological safety comes in. Boom. What are you going to do? Right. And there's no one, I think people, people assume there's one right way and there, there's none. There, there are as many right ways as there are people. And, but to your point, it's like there awareness that this is the challenge, that this is actually the work. This is what psychological safety is about. What your response is going to be when you face that conflict is the first step, right? And and to realize you could make it personal, but that's probably not going to get what you get you what you want, right? So what are our other ways of seeing this? Yeah. That's, it's really, I don't know. It, it, I, I learned that the hard way and I'm a, I'm a very, I'm, I'm just a, an emotional person. <laughs> so, you know, it's like controlling that is really hard. Um, and, and like compartmentalizing that is really hard and it's trying to find the balance between, you know, how do you, how do you not take things personally when, you, when you, you naturally feel like you should. Well, um, I, I totally, uh, no, I totally think that's, Awesome. And sorry, I'm like jumping in because I'm excited. So that's the next horizon that that I'm personally exploring and, and through our content um, team at M-Train is that it's, impo- it's so ridiculous for people not to get personally involved and they get upset and the negative feelings and the, the social conflict is very much part of the journey. And so that's another thing. That's another concept is, yeah, somebody's going to get mad, uh, mad if you challenge them and, and they take it personally. But if we build that expectation and awareness in, then people start to be able to self-regulate a little bit more because there's this awareness, this meta-awareness, if you will, right? They're aware of their reactions. And they start to see it as normal and we normalize the conflict so that people can not avoid it, right? To really like lean in, stay present, think through it because the conflict is very real and very normal. Yeah, and it's going to happen and it's going to continue to happen. So if we can help our team navigate through that in, in a productive and healthy way, I think that's so powerful for just the the organization as a whole. Right. And I think, especially when it comes to things around diversity and inclusion, the idea is, hey, let's just shut it down and kumbaya. And the fact of the matter, that's not going to happen. You know, people want to be acknowledged. Um, They want their race and their gender to be acknowledged, right? So we can't pretend that, hey, no, we're just, everybody's the same. There is no right answer other than, hey, hang in there and acknowledge the, the trouble and commit to doing the work. And, and I tell you, I'm, I say this and, you know, as, as a people leader, 
this takes time and you have so much other stuff to do. Your CEO is like, what are, where are the numbers? And, you know, and although the CEO may not articulate and use these psychological terms, I don't think a person gets to be in such a position of influence and leadership if they don't live these things, right? Like generally, they, they probably have a pretty good idea of what you're going to be talking about to them as an HR person when you bring these ideas up. So that's the right spot. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I do think, you know, this is also one of those areas where if you aren't educated on these topics, if you aren't, you know, doing doing the work to truly understand what psychological safety means, to truly understand what emotional intelligence looks like and and how to help your leaders with that, then who in your organization is? Right. You know, like this is, I, I view this as like, this is, this is how you get the, the respect and support from your team is by being a subject matter expert or as close as you can get to it on some of these topics and thinking about the, the workplace in this lens. Because I can guarantee you that most individuals are probably not. Um, and that, and that's again, I think that's a differentiator for our, for our function, right? That we can, we can work on. I completely agree, Colin. I think that's the next horizon for for HR folks. I mean, you can you know start out in HR and you're maybe an analyst or an admin, but as if you really want to progress as a leader, you need to know this stuff and and you need to and it's not just academic, right? It's you have to be a practitioner of it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and you I'm need chuckling. to address it and take action. I mean, I've walked away from several conversations in my career, you know, where I've witnessed two people maybe not engaging it in a healthy way. And I'm like, oh, well, I didn't like that that happened. But then I'm like, who's going to address that? Well, I think that should be me. Uh, I think I'm the one that should probably um, say something. So I think taking action to make change is, is crucial. And the humility, because like, how do you know you're taking the right action, right? So especially when it's a very complicated situation and you have multiple identities and all kinds of things going on, it's like you never know if you're doing the right thing. I think HR folks need a community of practitioners around them to, to you know, talk this stuff out, which is why you have Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, yeah. we're trying to make it psychologically safe <laughs> I, you know i guess there's probably nothing safer than you can talk at this at the podcast and and nobody will hear you but you can talk to us if you'd like so, so i'm just gonna open it up okay listeners just you know yell yell whatever you want at us you know you just let it out let's work through this awesome <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, it's, you know, I, I just think, um, you know, we're, we're just barely scratching the surface here. I think this is just such a fascinating topic, but I, you know, I think we've kind of come back to this theme, uh, here and here, here a couple different times. It's, it does take work. It takes, you know, it, intentional work. Um, and, and it's really complex. There's not, there's not, there's really not a right answer. Um, there might be a wrong answer, <laughs> but, but you don't, you don't necessarily, you don't necessarily know. You, 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 no, you no, are. I love it. I love it. And so the right answer is if it, it's like, 
you just take the next step and you listen for feedback. And if you're better, if you're doing better than worse, then you're on a good track, right? I mean, this is about go. development, right? Yeah. Right. And, and I think the, you know, the opportunity to have a little bit of grace with ourselves, you know, we're, we're not going to be perfect in these interactions all the time either, you know, and, and, uh, but, but if we can be, you know, have some self awareness and accountability and, uh, humility, uh, you know, we can, we can do this, we can do the work. And, and, and recovery, because like, I, I know from personal experience, sometimes you get in it and you really don't know if you're doing the right thing and you don't know if you're making it worse. And sometimes people tell you, Hey, Leanne, you're making it worse. <laughs> and, well, you know, there's no, you just have to find a way. You have to really be able to take care of yourself and personally recover because this stuff is hard work. It's really hard work. Absolutely. All right. Uh, well, this has been a, an amazing conversation. We are going to shift gears. We're going to go into the Rebel HR flash round. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, perfect. Question number one. Where does HR need to rebel? HR needs to rebel in knowing that, in, in assuming that, here, I'm messing up your flash round. I'm sorry. Trying right. to That's okay. We, we, can't, we can't assume that we can take care of all of this stuff um, with a policy or, you know, with a quick turnaround. This is not transactional. So HR needs to rebel and really stepping up and owning that this is a whole new area and whole new do- domain. <laughs> the, the, this came up on last week's episode too. The um, yeah, a, a handbook never drove employee engagement. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but it feels good when we check it off the list, right? But that's not the work. <laughs> no. All right. Question number two: Who should we be listening to? Uh, everybody, including yourself, right? So I, I think that you really do want to reach out and connect with somebody who doesn't agree with you. Make it a point. I love that. I do feel, any question on that, I've been wanting to ask. Yes, I think organizational psychology is so interesting to me. What is one thing in, in that realm that almost nobody agrees with you on with me personally yeah oh gosh um that's hard yeah um do you have like can you help me out with that i've got to phone a friend here like can you give me an example just anything in the in the organizational um, psychology realm so whether not you know psychological safety could be in anything um, you know, I'm going to say, um, I think as a practitioner, I'll tell you where, where I face the most challenge. As a practitioner, when I come in to diagnose this situation, it's very hard for folks who don't have my perspective or lens to understand what I'm saying. And the first thing I often from busy executives, the first thing I get is pushback. What are you saying? Why are you saying that? And, and I think that's true for any HR leader, um, anybody in this realm. And so I think a lot of people will initially disagree, especially if I'm, if, if I feel like I'm, I'm giving them a little bit of criticism too. And I think it's a natural reaction. I mean, we all do it. Um, 
And so it takes a lot of um, patience and persistence and framing to be able to communicate it right and have it land in a way that it's productive. If it's hard to do. It's super hard to do. That's why we need you in this world. We need more practitioners. Everyone, please read up on technology. <laughs> well, we're, we're doing our, little, our best right now to try to yeah. help people with that. So appreciate that. All right. Um, so, you know, just wonderful content. I know that you, you, you put out a lot of content with M-Train and, and are, are very active in that space. So how can our listeners connect with you learn more and continue to build this, uh, this knowledge. Yeah, definitely. So my whole raison d'existence, if you will, whatever the whole, my whole thing is I spent all my time, um, even free time trying to find ways to get, to make it easy for people to learn these concepts. Um, mtrain.com has a ton of content. Um, companies can buy it. People, we have videos that model the best, um, the best practice. So you can go youtube.com and train and, and look at some resources there. Or you can email me, L Pereira, L Pereira, P-E-R-E-I-R-A at mtrain.com. Absolutely. We will have that information in the show notes. So open up your podcast player, uh, click in. Leanne, it's just been absolutely wonderful reconnecting with you. Thank you for sharing. Uh, some of this wonderful work and knowledge with us. And and I guarantee you, you helped some folks today. Awesome. Thanks, Kyle and Molly. Super fun to talk with you. Always a pleasure. Thanks. All right. That does it for the Rebel HR podcast. Big thank you to our guests. Follow us on Facebook at Rebel HR Podcast, Twitter at Rebel HR Guy, or see our website at rebelhumanresources.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rebel HR Podcast are those of the authors and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of any of the organizations that we represent. No animals were harmed during the filming of this podcast. Baby.